and welcome to the Tales of Osteopathy Students with me, Chelsea, and my good friend, V. How you doing, V? Hello, hello. We're excited for today. Yeah, it's all a bit new, it's all a bit different, it's all a bit exciting and interesting. Tell us what's happening, V. Yeah, so this is our first episode in our Anatomy and Physiology mini-series, and our general plan for this mini-series is to create shorter, concise episodes that hopefully... Fingers crossed. Um, explain anatomical structures and physiological processes in a super easy digestible package. So it's going to be super easy for you to get all the knowledge you need on one particular topic. Yeah, so whether you're a student or you're already a registered health professional, you're just interested in the subject and you just want a nice, easy explanation, you can just listen to these episodes and become a genius. That is Indeed. not a guarantee, that is a hope. <laughs> Yeah, genius asterisk. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Outcome not guaranteed. <laughs> In this episode, episode one, um, we're going to be introducing the respiratory system and we're going to be covering the anatomy and physiology of the upper respiratory system. V's taking the lead on this one today, so she's going to be telling us all about the upper respiratory system. Yeah. So V, take it away. So, let's talk about the primary functions and the why the respiratory system is so important. So the primary function of the respiratory system is gas exchange for oxygenation of the blood and removal of carbon dioxide and other metabolic wastes from the circulation. And this helps to maintain the acid-base balance, which is really important. Mm. And then they also have secondary functions, which are equally as important. This is that it contains the for receptors for sense of smell, it filters inspired air, produces vocal sounds, which is called phonation, and excretes small amounts of water and heat. Mm. So let's just do a quick summary of the respiratory pathway. So as air comes in, so respiration begins when you breathe in air, either through your nose or your mouth, which moves through being filtered before going down through the pharynx, larynx, and the trachea. And the trachea branches into two main tubes called the bronchi, which each lead into a lung. And then in your lungs, each bronchus divides into smaller bronchi and again into even smaller tubes called bronchioles. And at the end of these bronchioles, there's really special air sacs called alveoli. And this is where gas exchange happens. So damn special. They are so, so damn special. Damn special. Um, and we'll go into gas exchange in a further episode because it's a very special process and deserves its own episode. Some would say essential to life. Some would say. I think I would agree. Yes. Respiratory yes. <laughs> system can actually be classified in two structural parts. So what I'll be discussing today is the upper respiratory system, which includes the nose, nasal cavity, paranasal sinuses, pharynx and larynx. And then in the future, the next episode, Chelsea will be going over the lower respiratory system, which is your trachea, your bronchi, your bronchioles, bronchioles even, tricky little word, the alveoli <laughs> and your very special lungs. Yes. So, first things first, before we get into this, let's take a deep breath in through the nose and out through the mouth. <sighs> Lovely. So why I wanted you to do this is so that we can imagine when you're breathing in, the air particles are going in through your nose and that's where we're going to be starting our little description of the anatomical and physiological processes today. 
So when you breathe in, the air flows through the nostrils to your nasal cavity. And it's important to note that the upper respiratory organs are lined with epithelium, over connective tissue with mucous membranes with many goblet cells. What are goblet cells, I hear you say? <laughs> well, they look like tiny little wine goblets or glasses and secrete mucus. And oh boy, do we love our mucus. Mm, <laughs> so mm, mucus mm. is a delicious, no, gross. Um, <laughs> mucus is salty, sticky, and it contains enzymes called lysozymes. And these help kill bacteria, which is super important. And the nose hairs at the entrance of your nasal cavity that people spend so much money and time plucking out are actually really key because they're coated in mucus, which traps large particles of dust and pollen and bacteria, which form your bogeys. Yeah. Lovely. Did you ever play that game as a kid, bogeys? What, when you shout bogeys? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't think is I ever it a, played just it. Just a British thing? Yeah. I think I saw like in a different version of it in 500 Days of Summer, but they say penis, not bogeys. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a maturer <laughs> level Indeed. game. Indeed. I used to love playing that as a kid. Question, mm -hmm. why do men's nose hair get longer than women's? I don't know, maybe something to do with testosterone or something like that? Maybe. Maybe we'll find that out in the endocrine system when we go Ooh. over the gonads. Yes, Growth indeed. hormones. Little future <laughs> exciting tidbit for you. <laughs> Preview. <laughs> yeah. So as we're in the nasal cavity, there are these special shaped bones, which are called lots of different words, as we know <laughs> and love about anatomy. They always get multiple names for things. But in our textbooks, they're called conchi, which reminds me of the conch shell, which is an important sort of image mm. to hold in your head. But they yes. can also be called turbinates which is good because it gives you the idea for some of their functions. These passageways are really important to creating a turbulent environment because it warms and moistens the air and filters out any particles by bouncing around the air in your nasal cavity. And any particles that got through your nose hairs get stuck to the mucus, which is the really key thing. So then the cilia of the respiratory epithelium help move away this mucus which has got all of the icky particles in and the debris from the nasal cavity with a constant sort of beating motion and they sweep materials down the throat to be swallowed which sounds delicious but it is very important they've got rhythm yeah they've yeah. got a great rhythm to them cilia the nasal cavity lining this is sort of my fa favorite sort of bits because i love that you find out these little key hidden bits that have such an important function so the nasal cavity lining is continuous with the paranasal sinuses, which are four air-filled spaces inside the bones surrounding your nose. And mm. they are the frontal, ethmoid, sphenoid, and maxillary sinuses. So they have the same Ooh. name as the bones that they occupy, which is useful, mm. isn't it? We like that sort of stuff. I mean, it's rare. It's rare that they do, they name these things usefully. It's very, very rare, isn't it? Yeah. And these special paranasal sinuses help to circulate inhaled air, which warms and moistens it. Sorry to continuously use the word moist if people don't like it. Neither do I, moist. but it's appropriate for this topic. Um, <laughs> and their structure allows them to act like tiny little echo chambers to amplify the sound of your voice, which is why when you have a cold, your voice sounds different because your paranasal sinuses are clogged up. Mm. Interesting to think about. 
And this is my favorite bit because I love cranial nerves and the first cranial nerve is involved in this area. So this really important structure is the roof of your nasal cavity, which is formed by the cribriform plate of the ethmoid bone. And this contains the olfactory epithelium, which consists of specialized sensory receptors. And these receptors pick up airborne odorant molecules and transform them into action potentials that travel via the olfactory nerve, which is your first cranial nerve, to the cerebral cortex, allowing the brain to register them and provide a sense of smell. Ooh, very nice. So clever. I love it. I love the little cribby form plate. I think it's mental yeah. how it works. <laughs> yeah, it's so, so clever. I love yeah. it. I love it. I would highly suggest looking up pictures because it's a very interesting structure. Mm. So this relatively clean, warm, and our favorite, moist, um, air <laughs> goes from the nasal cavity into the pharynx, which is your throat. So the pharynx can be divided into three parts. The uppermost part, the nasopharynx, is behind the nasal cavity, hence the naso part of that little prefix mm. there. The middle part is the oropharynx, and this is behind the oral cavity, so your mouth, and has the soft palate and the pendulum-like little uvula, which is hanging above. And when they come together, they form a flap or a valve that closes off the nasopharynx when you eat to prevent food from coming up into your nasopharynx, which is very good. Key. Yes. Yes. Especially when you're eating like something like spaghetti. Like, you don't want that situation going on. That sounds... <laughs> no, you can just literally visualise it, can't you? Just like that little, like, just creeping up. Like, yeah. It's a very, very clever little bit of anatomy there. And then lastly, you have the lowest part, which is your laryngopharynx. And this is the point where the digestive and respiratory systems diverge. So anteriorly, the laryngopharynx continues into the larynx whereas posteriorly it continues into the esophagus. Mm. And there's a special spoon-shaped flap of cartilage called the epiglottis, and that sits at the top of your larynx, which acts as a lid sealing off airways when you eat. So food doesn't go down the esophagus. So food goes down into the esophagus and not into the larynx or the trachea. But if it does do that, you have your cough reflex, which should mm -hmm. help you out in those all tricky situations. Yeah. Ideal. Indeed. Yeah. And so we've got to air flowing from the pharynx through a triangular slit called the glottis, which is in between the two pairs of vocal cords in the larynx. And the larynx, our special friend, consists of three large cartilages and three pairs of small cartilages. So the three large cartilages include the epiglottis, which we already spoke about, and then the thyroid cartilage, which is your Adam's apple, which both men mm. and women have. And this is made up of hyaline cartilage and gives the larynx its triangular shape. And then we have the cricoid cartilage, which connects to the trachea. And it's actually the border for the site of tracheostomies. So a very important anatomical mm. structure. And then we have our lovely three small pairs of cartilages. And they have particularly annoying names to try to say. Um, and <laughs> that is the paired arytenoid cartilages, the corniculate cartilages, and the cuneiform cartilages. 
And the arytenoid cartilage are really key and they have a big job in phonation, which is the creation of sound. So when we speak, muscles in the larynx move the arytenoid cartilages, which push the vocal cords or vocal folds together. And when the cords are pushed together, air passing between them makes them vibrate, creating sound. So the greater tension in the vocal cords creates for a more rapid vibration and therefore higher pitch sounds and lesser tension causes slower vibration and a lower pitch, which is so mm. clever, isn't it? Really, really clever. Yeah. And now we have got to the part where the air has gone through the larynx and it continues down to the trachea. And Chelsea will go over that when she covers the lower respiratory system next episode. Yes. Oh, lovely stuff. Lovely, lovely stuff. So that's your upper respiratory system for you. Very well described, dude. Thank you. I like it a lot. We've got some very jazzy and important structures. Yeah. Have you got a favourite? Uh, the cribriform plate is my favourite, where the olfactory Ops. nerve comes through. Because it's just Ops. so clever. It's so cool. It's like all the tiny little bits come through, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And even yeah. like little things like the epiglottis, which is just mm. like a tiny little flap of cartilage, and it saves you mm. from essentially dying every time you eat. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about you, but I've definitely, at some times in my life, had a sip of water and it's gone down the wrong hole and I've coughed that water up all over the place. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I had a very disastrous moment in a cafe one time with a little falafel wrap and it's really put me off falafel wraps for life, I've got to say. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, it does a really great job. Yes, awesome. Well, Sweet. Thanks, V. That's our little little summary of our first A&P episode for you this week. We hope you enjoyed it. Do get in touch if you've got any questions. And don't forget to give us a little like, subscribe, review, all those yeah. good things that you like doing. All of those things. And look forward to next episode where we continue the respiratory system. Yes. We'll see you soon. Bye.